0: I hear that you like to sing and karaoke is your thing. What?
1: No, that has to be some joke, really. Who said that? <laughs> I need to know who said that.
0: Oh, I can't possibly reveal my sources, Kelly.
1: <laughs> okay, and okay. I have to say that in some parties I have done it, but its I wouldn't say singing is my thing.
0: <laughs> I remember um, that was the first time I met Michelle Mouton as well. Uh, she was one of the judges and we were having a lunch break on one of the driving days and. Uh, we walked into the lunchroom and and she walked up to me and i was so starstruck i just for the first moment i didn't do anything <laughs> just stood there so much so that then she introduced herself to me and told me her name <laughs> and then i felt like a real idiot because then i was like oh no now she thinks i don't, don't know who she is and well oh, <laughs> so i was trying to backtrack and like yeah, yeah i know i know who you are very nice to meet you and um yeah i still remember that like it was yesterday Welcome to WRC Backstories, our exclusive World Rally Championship podcast presented by Bex Williams. Are we ready for episode three, season three, everyone? Welcome back to this edition of WRC Backstories, the podcast where we discover more about the people who make up the WRC, whether they're competitors or the mass workforce within the championship. Today, my guest needs little introduction. French, nine-time World Rally Champion, still holds the record for most WRC event wins and stage wins, all-round legend and regularly described as the GOAT, which when I first saw it online, I thought was a weird insult, but was reliably informed it means greatest of all time. Yes, of course, it's Sebastian Loeb, Winner of this year's Rally Monte Carlo and the undisputed King of Cool. Clear your diary, ditch the date, put your phone on mute and let the ultimate master tell you a story. Everybody knows the name Sebastian Loeb, but what do we really know about the man? That's what we're finding out today. The early life, the career, the thoughts of Sebastian Loeb, who joins me now. Service it's great to see you and it's great to sit down and do this podcast. Where are you in the world right now?
1: At, uh, right now, uh, I'm uh, at home. Uh, not for a long time. I came uh, yesterday back from uh, Portugal uh, because I was racing in a DTM uh, race and... Uh, Today I leave again to Portugal for testing for WRC, so uh, just uh, one day at home.
0: You are the busiest man in the world right now, it feels like. You've done so much already this year. You must be exhausted or are you really motivated right now? No, I'm
1: still motivated. Um, yeah, I'm busy, yes, but uh, it will not be all the time like this in the, in the season. So... Um, uh, but I still enjoy what I do and uh, I still have the passion. So I had uh, different opportunities this year to, and like I said, I still enjoy it. So yeah. I took them.
0: Good, I I think it's great. I love the fact that you're doing so much stuff. It's brilliant to see you competing. Now, we've had lots of conversations over the many years that I've known you about your career. Certainly when you were retiring from WRC, I remember sitting down with you and, and having a long chat. But like I said at the start, people know a lot about your career and what you've done in rallying in WRC. They know about the titles. They know how incredible you are, how dominant you were but I don't think a lot of them know where it all came from, how it all started. And and certainly there are holes in my knowledge of, of, of the beginnings of your career. So so first of all, do you come from a motorsport family at all or was it just you? Where, where did it, the, the love of motorsport come from?
1: No, not at all. Um, I'm coming from a family, my mother was a, Mathematic teacher. Uh, my father was gymnastic teacher, uh, so uh, nothing was really uh, around the motorsports. Uh, but um, when I was really young, with my bicycle, I always enjoyed to to take some fast corner, I, only with the bicycle at the beginning. Then it was with the with the mopeds. Uh, then I. I entered in one or two races in mopeds uh, that I was really fast. Uh, I didn't learn about it, but uh, I was uh, fighting for the lead all the time and, and so on. And when I was 18, uh, I had my first car. Uh, I loved going in the fields and, and having, doing some slides and, and doing the fastest corner as possible. And... I don't know why but uh, it was like this uh, my my goal was to be the fastest in the corner so no reason for it uh, but uh, it was like that and and then uh, I saw um, one operation which is a uh, religion in France it's uh, the federation and uh, and Peugeot at this time was organizing this this uh, little race it's, it's like an operation to to detect the young talents yeah Um, motorsport in rally especially and um, so I entered this competition it was basically first just to race against someone Uh, I wanted to do, and uh, so I I did this and uh, finally I was the the fastest of my region I was qualified for the for the national final and and I was uh, the fastest in in the final but the jury chose someone else for different reasons but, um, but okay I entered this competition again next year and uh, again I was the fastest in the region, the fastest in the final and I made in, in the, a mistake in the super final but um, from that point Dominic Heinz that I think some people knows uh, about uh, called me and and said okay if you are two years in a row the fastest of 15,000 people uh, maybe you have some special and uh, so uh, he didn't have a lot of money, but he had some knowledge about the rally and, and how to organize things. And, and, and they, they buy the little car, uh, open car. And I started in, in a little rally in my region. And uh, I won immediately my category. And then we went in the uh, Le Volant Peugeot, which is a promotion formula in France. Mm-hmm was immediately fighting with the best ones and and, and then next year we were we entered the trophy Citroën Saxo Kitka that I was fighting in the lead again and from that point uh, the next year I won this trophy and Citroën started to be interested and started to help me a little bit and started to climb like that.
0: So you talk about you know first of all you know being in that field and trying to get the fastest corner, trying to be fast in the field in a car. What car was that? What car were you behind the wheel of back then? What car did you buy for yourself?
1: The first uh, car was my uh, father's car, which was a well So, But I broke the engine quite quickly on this one.
0: (laughs) What a shocker.
1: (laughs) Um, And then when I buy my first car, with the help of my mother, uh, It was a um, uh, Renault 5 uh, GT Turbo.
0: Oh, excellent. So what did your parents think? You know, obviously you've come from a family who are, um, well, your mother being a maths teacher, maths is my massive flaw. I'm no good with numbers whatsoever. So that would be quite scary for me, but obviously she's very intelligent, very knowledgeable. Your dad's a gymnastic teacher and then you decide that you want to be going fast in cars. What did they think?
1: Uh, at this time, I think they were thinking that I'm a bit stupid. Uh, um, not especially because I was driving fast, but uh, because my father he still liked all, also like to, to go fast with the car, but like me, with no reason. And uh, he was te- taking me in the fields before I had my driving license to to do some, some corner uh, and, and he was trying to show me and I was doing after him when I was like 16 but I was already faster than him. So... <laughs> um, but um, what they were thinking they was especially thinking that I'm letting the school on the side and that was maybe not the best thing to do at this time and I think they were right I was just lucky that finally I, I had... Uh, talent and uh, and i could start in rally because um, uh, this time i was just electrician not gaining a lot of money and with not a lot of evolution in the future so it was uh, they were a bit afraid of what i will do in my career in mm. my life but uh, they didn't complain about what i was doing with the car
0: well, that, that's a good thing, and you obviously had their support, even though they were a bit worried about, you know, what what you were going to do. What were you like in school? Did you did you not like school at all, or were you a good student?
1: Um, I was good, uh, honestly, until uh, in, in France is uh, the third, so after, it was two years or three years before the baccalaureate. Uh, until there, I was really good because we didn't have to work I didn't have to work to arrive at this level uh, but uh, after that when when I started to have to work at home and, and do like this I didn't do it I preferred to go with my friends uh, with the mopeds in the in the streets and so from that point I was not really good um, it was not the best thing to do I think uh, but uh, at the end, I wanted just to go work, to, to be able to buy a car and uh, and to do my life. I was not really thinking to the future.
0: Yeah, no, oh, fair enough. So you talk about Rally June and, and entering that. And I think a lot of people understand around the world now what that is, because you've been through that, OJ has been through that. We've seen so many drivers who've, who've graduated from Rally June. Did you... Did you do that because that was an opportunity or was rallying what you wanted to do over, say, circuit racing?
1: No, it was uh, because it was an opportunity. For sure, it was rally that I preferred. But if, if there was an opportunity to, de- to do uh, racing gen or even motorbike, uh, gen, I would have done the same um, uh, this time. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm lucky that it was for rally. I think my talent is more for rally than for racing, uh, but uh, but yeah, um, I would have done anything to just to race against some other guys.
0: I mean, you obviously, you know, when you, when you did that, and like you said, you were the fastest out of, of so many entrants, did you think to yourself at the time, I have a talent, I know I'm talented for this, or was it later that that realization came in?
1: no i knew it from before that i was faster than my friends driving the cars uh, because i was sitting with there in the, with them in the cars they were sitting with me and we were driving and i i, I knew that i have a better feeling than most of them um, but then to have a real talent i was even i, I don't feel, i was not imag- imagining that i that it's possible to really have a, a future in the in the race um, from rally Jean, yes, for sure. Then I was starting to dream about doing some rallies, but not about being the world champion. Just about uh, having fun, racing, winning, and 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 then in my career started to on you know, an, an evolution. And but each each year I was just thinking to the next one. I I didn't. Uh, have the plan from the start to, to say, OK, I want to be world chairman. That was not the plan.
0: Yeah, that, that's fascinating. It really is. So you started with Peugeot initially and then into the Citroën Saxo Championship, of which you were incredibly successful in the second year. Is that when then, was, was Guy Frequeland around then? Was it him that noticed you?
1: Yes, um, so I entered uh, this uh, trophy '98, um, and I did it for two years, '98 and '99. The trophy Saxo Car. in '98. I had uh, already some some victory, but also some technical issue, and and especially one crash uh, that uh, I destroyed the car in the last uh, stage of La senol one of the of the rally, and. And that was the most critical point of all my career, I think, because mm. I destroyed the car. We had an insurance because uh, the, the team uh, that I was riding for, uh, Dominique and, and Remy, my friends, um, uh, they didn't have a ma- massive money. They they had uh, to to invest um, to make, uh, um, yeah, how to say, they, they asked the money to the bank to be yeah. able to buy. Yeah, and, um, and so this car was, uh, we had an insurance, so I broke it, we repaired it with the money of the insurance, and the next rally, um, we did some tests before the rally, uh, and I crashed the car before the rally, and out of the rally, we didn't have the insurance, so the car was destroyed. A lot of uh, money to put in to be able to repair it. No one had the money. We couldn't repair the car. We, the season was nearly stopped there. We were lucky to find uh, a guy who, who loved our story. Uh, some, one of the Citroën dealer who, who loved the story that Dominic called me and made me drive and, and so on. And he decided to, to help us to, to repair the car. And, uh, and finally, we were able to restart at the end of the season. And, and I won the two last races. Um, and on, the, on this category, we had some bonus. So with this bonus, we could pay the next race. And it was really um, a point where I was thinking, now everything is finished. Um, so finally, we were able to restart on, in '99 And uh, I won the, the championship this year. So at the end of the year, um, like uh, Dominic, I think he has been scared to lose a lot of money uh, before. He said, okay, now we helped you until now, but now do what you want. And then again, it was not easy. I had, I just found one sponsor to enter uh, one race in the Gravel Championship, uh, French Championship. Because I wanted to show to people that I'm also able to go fast on gravel and to show it to myself because I didn't have any experience about it. But, uh, but uh, yes, uh, we started like that. Uh, I won the first race and from this point, Citroën asked me to continue. I said, I cannot, I have no money. And then they started to help me. And uh, I had another sponsor entering the game at this point. And we were able to, to do this gravel championship in France that I won, uh, the two-wheel drive. And um, and yeah, and then Citroën started to give me the opportunity to drive a car in the French championship with a I won the race. So they... They entered me for a uh, um, full season in French championship that I won. And I did in the same time the Super 1600 championship that I won. And and yeah, that's okay. where entering the game and, and started to support me. And, and I had some opportunities that I always reached because uh, at the end of the Super 1600 championship uh, and the French championship, I had the San Remo. With a bigger class where I finished second, and and that was really the turning point for me because from that point, uh, every manufacturer, Mitsubishi, Subaru, everybody wanted to enter in contact with me and and to have me in the team. So that's because I think six months before I was writing some facts at this time to to Subaru and to Mitsubishi if you need a, a um a test driver i would be happy to take, to test for you and and no answer and or or even uh, or sometime an answer that finally was saying no um and in after time everything changed
0: that's incredible isn't it you know the fact that you're you know you're putting yourself out there to the teams and then all of a sudden they they finally see what you can do and they're knocking on your door that must have felt good right
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Really good. I had a proposition from some team to do a full championship in the 2002 uh, directly, but uh, Citroen was just this moment entering the championship and, and aiming for a half uh, championship. And I said, I, I stay with Citroen. They they give me the opportunity to to come until there. Uh, so. They propose me and everything they can because they are just entering for half a championship and they make me a contract for, for f- a few years with only half a championship in 2002. So um, I decided to, to stay with Citroen and I think at the end it was not a, not a bad idea.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad idea at all. What were your family thinking at this point? Now that you know, you've had your, your difficult few years of, of struggling with budget but having such great success, now, all of a sudden, the tables have turned and people are trying to throw money at you, basically. What did the family think at that point?
1: Uh, at that point, they were really proud. Um, they, they followed me from, from the start when I was starting the rally. And then they saw that I have uh, quite a talent. And, and from that point, they were following me to, to the races. My mother, my father was, were coming with me and, uh, and supporting me. And um, and so, for sure, when I finally had a, a contract with, uh, with Citroën, they were really proud of it.
0: Obviously, your, your dad had got into the car with you many, many years before when you'd just been hooning around in a field. But did your mum ever get in the car with you at all?
1: I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on the street for sure, but I, I don't remember if I... If if I took her with me in a in a rally car or not, must have been because I yeah. I, I took my father for sure, and I think my my mother too.
0: So the you know, it was a massive step up to, to head into the WRC the way you did, and it was with such great success that first event in San Remo, which was I think mind blowing for a lot of people who were watching. And it was the partial season to to start off with with Citroen. And then a full season, and you're alongside the likes of McRae, Signs. That was an incredible lineup that they had to, to, to start. You know, growing up, did you have heroes in sport when you were following rally? Did you look up to these guys?
1: Um, from the point I was, I started in the rally. Yes, when I was, but when I was younger than that, uh, before I did my first rally in '97. I cannot say that I was really passionate about it. I, I loved seeing some videos from from rally and but at this time it was not the same as today. You cannot go to YouTube and and, and watch some videos. Uh, it was only three three uh, TV chain and uh, channels and uh, it was really rare to to see some rally and some videos from it. So uh, I saw for sure with my friends on on uh, on uh, on videos or, or things like that but uh, it was not a passion I enjoyed when when i saw some some image from rally I was watching but uh, I was not passionate by uh, about and or, or fan of anyone um, but from the point I, I was starting the rally yes then i started to know where, who is who and and, and so on uh, and and the day that i had uh, i knew that i have uh, macro and science as a teammate Uh then I knew that now we will know, <laughs> because um, the year before I was re- driving with Thomas Rastholm, who was quite fast, sometimes faster than me. Average, I was a bit better than him, but um, but sometimes it was quite close. And and I wa- I remember we, we were doing Greece with Thomas. We were one minute behind uh, Carlos and, and Colin with the Ford, and. Uh, and the next year, they were sitting in the same car as me. And so when I when I knew that I will be teammate with Carlos and Colin, um, I spoke with Rastom and I said, if they are one minute faster than me, also like it was this year in in Greece. And Thomas told me, no, 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 no chance. Uh, I was driving in the same car as Colin. It will be fine. You will be like him. No problem. And so. Yeah, and, and finally he was right because uh, at the end uh, I had my two teammates. I won the first rally in Monte Carlo. Then the, first, the big pressure was for gravel for me. And finally in the first gravel rallies, I was matching with them. And and that was the another turning point of my career because at this point I, I knew that uh, now I can maybe one day be world champion.
0: That's incredible. And what, you know, what were they like when you first met them? I mean, obviously you'd kind of been around them when they you were in the WRC anyway, but now you were teammates. What were they like? What were your initial impressions of them?
1: Well, it was a uh, two, two different person. Uh, Carlos is uh, like he still is, huh? uh, uh, very patient, but and and very uh, meticulous on every detail, and and and. And He's working a lot to try to 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 have everything perfect as as he can. He's doing everything he can to improve all the details. Colin was more a funny guy uh, with a lot of talent and uh, and also uh, working, but more like a, yeah, more more a funny a funny guy. And um, but both, I, I think, they were used to both to work together, so they were doing. Job together. They included me very nicely, I think, in, in the team and with them and we were sharing all, a lot of things uh, for the setup, for the stages, for everything. So it was a good help for me also to have these two experienced guys uh, alongside me and, and helping me to, to improve. <laughs>
0: Me take you back just one moment because i remember when you started in the championship so back in 2002 when you had more events within wrc i remember interviewing you i think it was so you had done rally monte carlo that year 2002 then you come to sweden just for the recce i think from memory um and i remember seeing you thinking oh you know this is you know sebastian loeb star of the future need to interview him for the radio and, and you were very generous and we started the interview and maybe I'd asked one question, you'd started to answer me and then you just turned your back and disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, where's he gone? What have I said? Have I offended him already? And then you came back with Marie-Pierre who was then helping you to translate what I was saying. Your English was was good, but maybe not quite as good as you wanted it to be. And I was like, oh, thank God, I haven't offended him. So those early days, your English level wasn't quite, obviously, what it is now. It's incredible now. So how did you get over that?
1: Just um, with the experience. I didn't learn. Um, uh just by being in the rallies having to speak with in english with people and i didn't take any lessons uh, it just came naturally but now it's also it's quite a long time i mean it's now uh, how long ago it, is it 97, 25 years so yeah. and still my english level is not perfect so you see uh, the improvement has been quite slow
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be slow, but it's way better than my French improvement. Which, from the day I met you to now, is still exactly the same. I can order us a beer, I can get us some food, and that's about it. I think <laughs> that's all you need, though, right? <laughs> um, so uh, brilliant opening years in in Citroen in the early years. The successes, a the wins, and then the championship wins, which came so soon. I mean. You were battling for the championship in 2003 and then 2004 you secured your first championship after only a few years within the WRC. That's quite incredible. That was, uh, you know, a a stratospheric rise really. Was it a surprise to you that it came so quickly?
1: Yes. The, the most surprising was that in 2003, I, I finished the championship second at one point. Mm-hmm. That was my first full championship. Then from, from that moment, because the goal in 2003 was not to be world champion. It was just to to try to to show that I'm able to fight with my teammates. And, and, and finally, we had a good car. And we i was uh, at the end of the of the championship ahead of of carlos and and colin and fighting for the world champ, for the title with uh peter and um and yeah from from this this was surprising then from that point my target was to, to fight for the world championship uh, in 2004 and i i knew where we lost some points in 2003 and uh, I was a bit stronger in my mind, and I know I knew that every pound points counts, and um, and we need to 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 put every detail together to score the points as we can all the time. And okay, the strategy changed a little bit, but the goal was to fight for the championship, and we achieved it in, in 2004.
0: Yeah, and you know that was quite an incredible achievement, and then followed the rest one after the other after the other. You were dominant in in the 2000s. I mean, Sebastian Loeb and rallying, you couldn't separate the two. It was quite an incredible time in your life, I'm sure. I mean, are there highlights that stand out? Because I know how busy it is. You know, we were doing 16 rallies a year at one point, plus all the testing that you were having to do. I'm sure it just must have blended all together at some points.
1: Yeah, I, I found a strategy in 2006 to have a bit more free time because uh, it's when I broke my shoulder. And so... Um, well, what
0: the strategy is to break bones.
1: But I had a holiday from uh, September when I broke it to Monte Carlo. But and,
0: won the, and won the championship.
1: Championship <laughs> at all. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that was really a, a strange uh, moment uh, because... Um, I was leading the championship for I think if I remember thirty six points. It was ten by ten at this time. Mm. So and Marcus, uh, if he won the four last, uh, would have been a uh, champion. And um, and finally, he we were trying to find a plan in case he wins the three first. What what we do in the last one? And I, I remember one of the. The plan was to, to see if I can co-drive Colin. No. And, hmm, uh, wow. as, as you are, you know that the co-driver is uh, allowed to drive at a stage. So the question was, but finally we didn't have to go to the end of the story, because finally Marcus crashed one race before. But uh, we were looking on the regulation, if it's possible, that I sit next to Colin, I give him the notes, and I score the points as a driver. So, um, yeah, finally, we don't have the answer of the story. Uh, Daniel, Daniel was also saying, because for him sitting next to me was easy, so... He said, okay, but maybe I can also drive and I, to, to finish in the six or five or six first, I will be able to do it. He was thinking, really, that he's able to. But um,
0: no, no. Wow. So, uh, what, what rally would that have been at if you had done that? Which rally would that have been? Wales. Wales. Oh, yeah, of course. Because Marcus crashed, he rolled in Australia and that's where you won the championship from high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because we were. The service park then in Perth, beautiful Perth, they had a huge um TV screen for everyone to watch. And we were commentating on the radio just at the split times and the dots moving and we could see everything happening on this TV screen. And then everyone just kind of shouts in the service park because he's he's rolled. And that was, you know, the, the key thing, obviously, at the time. And you're sat at home with the dogs thinking <laughs> bingo. <laughs> <laughs> that I, was that was such a weird time. I'm sure.
1: I was sleeping at
0: this moment. <laughs> yeah, of course you were with the time difference. That's such a great story, though, that you would have co-driven for Colin McRae. I would have loved to have seen that happening.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what would have been the real the regulation if it was possible to do a full rally like entering as a driver but sitting next to the to another driver i don't know um i think they would have found found a solution that is not possible but um but it was the plan to 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 try
0: well we we had the situation last year with a Finnish crew in wrc3 where the driver was entered as the co-driver and the co-driver entered as the driver but you know on the event the driver was the driver so you know, as recently as last year, I think they've changed the regulation now. So you probably would have got away with it. I don't know. <laughs> That's a great story, all the same. It is, and that that what was that the year that I'm trying to remember now. You have to refresh my memory.
1: I was was us with, with um yes
0: uh, it was it was a Citroën sabbatical. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly. Wow, incredible time step out of the entire Citron years you know that the years where you were taking your championship wins what was the best moment for you would you say across all of those years could you pick one out or are there there are too many to count
1: <sighs> yeah is it diff- yeah i always say the same but uh, the the moment that i, I remember was when i Okay, the first title in Corsica, but also uh, the the first uh, victory in France, uh, because it was everything together. I just uh, arrived in uh, my hometown, uh, winning the rally, winning the Manufacturer Championship in the same time, the title for the Driver Championship, and all that in my hometown with all my friends, my family. And the atmosphere was uh, incredible at this time. So that's maybe what I remember the most.
0: Yeah, that was incredible. You know, one thing, one element you touched on that we haven't really talked about is, is Daniel, Danos, and how your relationship started with him. Because I noticed from your statistics, your co-driver was different at the start. And then Danos came in, but then there was another co-driver. Then he was back. So how did you get to meet him? How did that all happen?
1: Uh, I met him because my very first rally, only one, uh, the regional uh, championship in uh, Alsace. Um, my co-driver was Dominic Heinz, the guy who made yeah. me drive. He already explained me how to take notes. I had no idea about anything, and um, so he, we we did the rally together. Then um, I started the the, um, the next rally with, uh, I think, with a girl. Um, I don't remember her name.
0: <gasps> How rude! <laughs> I'm going to check it now. Hold on, I've got it in front of me. Oh, oh no, maybe I haven't. Oh no, no. Whoever the lady is, we can't remember her. Oh, Karine. Is Karine, it Karine. Karine uh, Gehin. Gehen?
1: Ah, uh, maybe she changed her name now, but I, I think it was a uh, Karine Triboulot. Her name. Okay. On this-
0: Oh, good. We've uh, remembered her.
1: <laughs> so um, uh, I did one race with her. And then I started with uh, Dominic's co-driver because Dominic was doing some little rallies in the region. And uh, so I started with him for all the rest of the season in the um, championship, uh, Peugeot championship, the Volant Peugeot. And on the last event, uh, uh, we we had quite a moment. We hit a little bit of bank and the the, the wheel was bent. I finished the stage. That they couldn't repair, so the car was driving a bit like like sideways all the time. They couldn't change the, the parts, so I said, "Put the steering straight." So I have the feeling that I'm going straight, and I would do like this. And finally, we did the best times of the of the cars with a car which was driving like this. So we were sliding everywhere and. Uh, he has been afraid. And at the end of the rally, he wanted to stop the rally. He, he said, it's finished. I don't I don't continue with you. And Daniel was there. He was the co-driver of another guy, of the, the Peugeot Volant, Volant Peugeot. And um, we were sleeping in the same house. Uh, we were renting some houses to, to make it cheaper for the Reiki. And so I started to to know Daniel from, from that. And uh, at the end of the rally, we were... At the end, in (laughs) a discothèque, at the bar, (laughs) and speaking together because we started to be friends during the week, and 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 so on, and and we said, okay, what are you doing next year? Me, I don't have co-driver. He doesn't have any driver. So we said, okay, we can start together maybe, and it just started like that. So um, and then, like you said, I changed another time the co-driver because. you know, Daniel, uh, he's, he's not looking as the the most uh, motivated and, and working guy. And so, Dominique, at this point, who was managing everything around me, said, "No, no, you cannot continue with this guy. You need to change." And they proposed me another one, and I did a rally with another co driver. And Daniel was was there like a, a mechanic, and. Uh, and he, he was always trying to show his motivation, finally, and, and we started together again in the next rally. So, yeah, that's that's how it happened.
0: You mentioned ending up in a discotheque together, and I think that's one thing. When I kind of look back on over the years of how much rally has has changed now, Back in those early days, people knew how to have a good time as well as rally, as well as work hard and and do your job. There was always, as soon as the rally finished, everyone used to let off steam. There was a lot of drinking, a lot of dancing going on, but there were some great memories made around the world. That seems to have changed a little bit now. Do you notice that?
1: Uh, No, because I'm not doing... uh full uh, championship anymore so I'm not in the same atmosphere as as before I'm not going in the in the places where it was uh, especially uh, some good party I was surprised in Monte Carlo that uh, Rascas was close.
0: Incredible right I mean yeah I mean in some other places around the world it's still you know happening certainly when we were doing Rally Argentina the club there was was still very much you know going, and I think it's important. I think sometimes the guys right now work a little bit too hard, maybe, and they do need yeah. to chill out. You need to have the balance, right?
1: It's what I heard uh, that it changed, um, but I had some, for sure, some good time and uh, it was nice, uh, a nice atmosphere between all the drivers at the end of the rallies. And um, so I enjoyed it. I don't know how it is now, but I heard, like you said, uh, that it's a bit different.
0: It is a bit different. I think, yeah, people are just too focused on on work so much. And yeah, anyway, in a, enough of that. Um, your decision to to retire from WRC back in 2012. I mean, I know, because we talked at length back then of the reasons and you, know, you, you still loved rally, but you wanted something else. You weren't particularly a fan of the early mornings and all of the testing that you were doing at the time. Was it just because you were tired of it all at that point?
1: It was um, it was different reason. It was um, yes, I was a bit tired from doing always the same. Even if rally is uh, is not, it's changing all the time. You have new roads, new different style of roads all the time. So it's it's nice. But uh, I was doing it for so long uh, that uh, I I saw I understood when I was entering a Porsche Cup race that. When I had to go, I was happy to go, and when I had to go for a rally, oh, already I have to go now. Uh, so I was starting to think about this, uh, then some other reason. Um, also the fact that I wanted to do something different, uh, To I had the, the chance to have the, the opportunities to, to go racing, to go trying some different uh, events and so I wanted also to to take this opportunity before i'm 40 because when i if i start too late then i have no chance to do something else um it's also the fact that i wanted to spend more time at home to be less busy like uh, like you say um also that i never had a bad injury and i achieved everything i wanted in my career i earned uh, Quite a lot of money, and I don't need it. And I had a lucky career until there, and maybe, yeah. I wanted to, so it was all these different reasons that make um, that I said, okay, one day I have to say stop. Uh, I was already thinking to this two years before, and one day you have to take this decision, even if it's not easy to take the decision to retire, as as you are still on. On, on the top, and you see Augier made the same. Finally, one day he has to stay in his top, uh, even if probably would be able to win the next championship, but um, yeah, that's how it is.
0: <laughs> and to bring you up on two things there, you went, mentioned the word lucky career. You haven't had a lucky career. It's hard work and talent. A little bit of luck thrown in, but not a lucky career, surely.
1: But talent is already luck. Uh,
0: okay. And,
1: and then for sure it's uh, it's work. But to, to work in your passion is not really working. Uh, you uh, I, it was lucky to have a, uh, to do what I like and uh, and to be able to live from my passion. And then. Uh, lucky career, yes or no. Uh, Sometimes you have some lucky moments. Uh, I had some other moments in my career where I was less lucky. And um, so I, I think I had a good star over, over me uh, during my nine years. And um, but yeah, like, like I said, I, I retired in 2012. I did racing. I did uh, Dakar, rallycross. Cross, I did uh, everything. And and finally, uh, I'm still coming back sometime in in Rally because my, my real passion is, is still there.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You've, you've said that a few times. You know, the real passion is is rallying. Nothing gives you the, I think you mentioned a couple of years ago, and I'm going to misquote you probably now, but something along the lines of nothing gives you quite the thrill that Rally does. Am I correct? In, did you say something uh- along those lines?
1: I didn't, I maybe I said something like this. I didn't say exactly that because I don't understand the name, the, the word that you said. Thri- but,
0: thrill, excitement, excitement.
1: Uh, but the adrenaline and, and yes, yeah. it's um, exactly. It's something different because uh, WRC is the, the, the right mix between the perfect knowledge that you have on a racing track. And for me, it starts to be a bit boring to repeat all the time the same. Uh, in in uh, cross country you are going fast but you absolutely don't know where you go so when you have a nice jump you know don't know what it is behind so you have to break it. at the end you, you just want to return and to make a, a nice jump and in rally you have this uh little knowledge from the reiki and and but still the uh, uh, you, you need to drive uh, to, with anticipation, and and, and uh, you discover you, the, still the, a bit the road. You can play with the car. You are allowed to slide, especially on gravel. It's sliding a lot, a lot. You have some improvisation in the driving, and I like.
0: Yeah, it, 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 there's nothing quite like it as, as a sport. There really isn't. You mentioned a driver there. You mentioned Sebastian Ogier. You had many rivals over the years and battlers for the championship titles like Marcus Groenholm, Petter Solberg, Mika Heaven and Seb Ogier. But it, it's always Seb Ogier that is brought up in relation to you from the difficult period when he first came into the team. When And he's described himself as a a hothead um, and maybe saying things he shouldn't have said at the time and and all the rest of it. What was it like dealing with with Seb knowing how competitive he was? But I'm sure you could see how how much he wanted to prove himself as well, which is what came out as a little bit of arrogance, maybe. But it was just him wanting to prove himself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's how he is uh, and it's normal and uh, exactly. he showed at this time that he was, he, he didn't want to be the young driver who is next to the world champion and, and driving there and, and, and respecting what's, uh, what, what he, and, and accepting to be behind if he can be ahead, mm. uh, for sure you can understand that and, uh, and so it's. It created a little ri- rivalry, but it was not especially with, with him. It was more with the, the, what the team orders and things like that, that uh, make, made me upset at this time. And But, um, but yes, so since that, um, uh, Seb proved uh, why he was uh, beating me sometime. And, uh, and we had a very similar career at the end. So for sure, we are always compared. We are two French drivers. Mm-hmm that uh, won a, a lot of titles uh, in the World Championship since uh, 2004 now, so it's uh, for sure we are always compared and, and still today, uh, I know I go to Portugal, but
0: already the questions are, oh, i
1: happy to find Seb again, so yes, I'm happy, I think we, we have a, a good relationship uh, together, and and, and it's always nice to, to see him, but uh, I know it's always a tough battle. Then.
0: Yeah, it is always a tough battle. And, it, you know, it is nice to see you guys, you know, what we see behind the scenes, chatting, having normal conversations, because what a lot of the fans don't see because the media will will build it up is this rivalry. And oh, they don't talk and they hate each other. And it just isn't the case at all.
1: I know, uh, but the media made a lot of stories, and, and still it's going on. Uh, like you said, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: out ten years ago, that uh, the, the pressure was there, but uh, still uh, the media enjoys that. So, but it's fine, uh, no problem. Uh, for sure, I will uh, slowly struggle to to fight because I don't do a lot of rallies, and now I know Portugal. All the time, I arrive some somewhere, the people are waiting for me, and. Um, Portugal uh, gravel rally is two years I didn't do. Uh, you will have the one day testing, and uh, so I know it's never easy, but um, but we will see what we can do.
0: Obviously, you know you had a lot of years in circuit racing, which is what you left the WRC for with uh, world touring cars. How did you find that experience?
1: It was interesting, um, very different. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was a good experience, but the the way to work in, in this kind of category is um, not exactly what I like. It's more uh, meetings and and delir- deliberating at which setup and which detail we can uh, change and which driving what we need to change in the driving to optimize this and this corner. At the end, it's a lot of work for not a lot of drive and. Um, it's uh, another approach, so it was interesting for me to, to see how it is and how to work, and even for my driving, I think it, it helped a little bit um, to understand things, And uh, but okay. Um, I, uh, it's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's enough. I've done that. Tick, tick the box. That's done in my career, and as you said, you've done so many different things. I want to talk about your return to, to WRC and, and a return... In style, when you you came back and you were so uh, still, I mean, I don't know what we expected with so many, not massive amount of years off because you had done little bits of of rallying, as in you had done a couple of Monte Carlos, but then you took two full years off doing anything in the WRC to then come back in and be able to win events like you did at Rally Spain. That was something very, very special. And I think a lot of people questioned whether you would still be competitive after having so many years out and the seat time wasn't there, you weren't testing, but it was all still there. Were you surprised by that?
1: Yes, um, for sure I was surprised. uh... I was fighting hard at this time to try to get the uh, the feeling back on on gravel, the, the rhythm. Uh, it was not easy. The first time I sat back uh, in in a car, and it was the C3 WRC. Mm. Oh, I was lost uh, for the first time of my career. I was a bit lost in the WRC, uh, and but since that, uh, okay, I did. It's because I stopped completely between one race, Monte Carlo 2015, I think, and then the next one, And so that was, uh, like we said, it was... I lost the feeling a bit uh, during these years. Since that, I did uh, now uh, Hyundai. And so uh, I was less lost since that. And we saw that uh, when I started the form, it was still okay. So... um,
0: yeah, was it wasn't a bad result, was it? at Monte Carlo. <laughs> Let's be honest. That that was special. I'm I am going to talk about that, not quite yet though, because obviously you went to Hyundai after so many years. Obviously with with Citroen. What what were Hyundai? How did they pursue you?
1: Yeah, just to you, um, for sure. When I won Catalonia and 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 now Monte Carlo, that's these are two of my strongest memory of of my career. Uh, yeah. To come back like this, no one expected me to to win, and even not me. So, so to be able to achieve that, that was just uh, incredible. Um, then to turn to Hyundai, um, yeah, Hyundai was was a good experience too. I it was one point that I I didn't know, I didn't understand, is why in Catalonia I was again like one year ago leading on gravel and not able to do any good time on Tarmac. And I was, I had a lot of questions since that, that I was thinking maybe I'm getting old because everybody's getting older. And uh, maybe uh, the brain is slowing down. Maybe I'm not able to assimilate all, all, everything that happens on Tarmac and and to follow the rhythm Uh, and, and I'm slow because I couldn't really, I was complaining about the car the first time that I tested it at the beginning, but then I think I get used to to the car on tarmac. Didn't know really from where the problem is coming from, but not feeling 100% well in, in the car. And and seeing that Neville is able to to do the, the times, and so I'm just slow. <laughs> and so finally to to do the Monte Carlo with the Ford was a was a good moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm just going to take you back to Catalonia though, because that was an incredible win. And I remember that Sunday morning and that tire choice that you made, which seemed to be made within 30 seconds of you leaving. You, you'd made your choice. And I, I've got to remember which way round it was now. You'd gone with soft at first, but then you changed to hard, or was it the other way around? You went with a uh, hard compound, didn't you? Yes. Yes. And what 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 was the thinking there? Because it's your call at the end of the day with what tyres you go with. So had some different information come in or had you just thought, no, no, I'm going to go with the hard compounds. This is the right choice.
1: Uh, it was a different uh, thinking uh, because the the ground crew told us, uh, yeah, it's it's little humid, but it's very little humid. and and But it was not so warm outside also. So... Everybody was a bit afraid of that. And uh, and we, with my engineer, we checked in the data of, of the test we did. And it was a few times in the testing that I said, even when it's little humid, if the hard tire is, is working, it's better. Because the other one is just moving uh, all the time. Uh, wet or humid or dry, it's always moving. I prefer the hard one. And it was the conclusion of different testing that we did in the past. And so I said, okay, it's very little, we go with hard, it's fine. And, uh, but I, it was a difficult decision to take, and um, so it took time. And it's quite often in my career that I, I change the tire when they are already on the car, because uh, <laughs> uh, I let them do, and I'm thinking, and I'm hesitating, and at the end, when I see the tire on the car, I said, no, no, I don't want this, I want the other. <laughs> so yeah. it happened quite often.
0: but obviously to great success which is which is fantastic Monte Carlo this year talk to me before we get to Monte Carlo how did the whole M Sport Ford thing happen I know Malcolm had desperately wanted you in the car before and you'd been up to M Sport earlier in your career which year had you gone up there
1: the same as uh, broke the year where I broke my shoulder uh, the year before uh, it was for this season because Citroen uh, was retiring uh, officially from the championship um, so I was looking for for a seat somewhere and, and finally we found a solution with Citroen with Kronos and, and to to keep me in the in the family and to 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 restart with a, a real project uh, in 2017 uh, 2007 mm. So oh, that was so end of two thousand five. I was with, uh, in M Sport.
0: Yeah.
1: How? Um, the first contact was um, from Red Bull, um, who asked me if I'm interested to test the car, the new car for two thousand twenty two. So I said uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, we can do a test, and I didn't really know. Imagine more than the, than a test at uh, the first time. Um, so I tested the car for sure I enjoyed it because uh, I always enjoy it when I drive in a good WRC and with this new evolution the power and I really enjoyed it and and so from that point we started to speak uh, would you be interested to to do another test for maybe Monte Carlo no 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 and yeah and so that was how it started. So from that point we started, we, we spoke with Malcolm and, um, and finally we ended to Monte Carlo and, and now to Portugal. Uh, and For the rest, uh, we are still discussing.
0: Well, I really hope we see you on more. But what was it like working with that team? Because the, it was the first time, obviously, you'd worked with M-Sport, the first time you'd worked with Malcolm, who has such a legendary position in, in rallying and in the WRC. I mean, he lives and breathes it still. I, you know, he's constantly saying one year I'll retire, one year I'll retire, but I can never see that happening. He's always going to be there. What was it like working with him?
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. It's, it's nice to work with him and I was uh, really... Happy to work with him for one uh, first time of my career because it's like you said. Uh, we all know how passionate he is and uh, how we, he gives everything for, for rally and um, and so to. I, I was yeah. I, I know him now since my start in, in WRC and uh, I have always had good relation with him even if we don't know very well each other but. Uh, was a motivation to from both sides to to drive uh, together and uh, finally we we achieved it even if it's a bit late in my career and uh, but uh, we did it and and we won together so that was just an amazing
0: moment it's never too late it's never too late I want to talk about age though because I it's probably because obviously I'm getting older as well but I got my backup with everyone saying oh he's I can't remember how old you are now. Are you 48 or were you 49 this year? 48. 48. He's, you know, he's all, he's almost 50. And I'm thinking, he was 47 when he did Monty. He's not that old, you know, he's not in his nineties. He can still drive. I was getting really angry with people who were saying that, you know, you were too old for this. You're not going to be as good because of your age. And, oh, look, he's won the Monty, but he's 47. I'm like, Oh, what are you talking about, people? I was very defensive over Yousef. Um There was an evolution of Sebastian Loeb, though, and that was the glasses um, that appeared at Rally Monte Carlo, which obviously are a huge benefit <laughs> because they help you see where you're going. <laughs> but um, so, did it feel a bit different? You know, rallying with glasses on was 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 the feeling a bit odd or not? Feeling a bit. Odd. Odd. Was yeah? Was it odd because you've you spent years with just the helmet and your eyes, and now you have another thing here. Which does it affect your periphery vision at all? No.
1: you oh, forget. I, I was thinking about. I didn't know, and um, no. At, at the end, you forget it uh, uh, as soon as you start the stage, you forget it about uh, completely. So, um, yeah, it's this came because of Monte Carlo because. Um, I tested, uh, I did my first Monte Carlo test uh, with the Ford. We had a lot of problems. Uh, I didn't do a lot of kilometers. It was a tricky road, early morning, a long time I didn't sit in this car. Uh, Fast section, bumpy, muddy, humid, uh, early morning. And I was like... uh, I understand that I'm not really in it. I, I it was going too fast for me, and and at this point I was thinking, is it because I don't see so clearly from far that in the past? Or because I, I I I understand that I see well. I don't use this. I use these glasses only in Monte Carlo, and I use it in Abu Dhabi, I think. Um, but that's it. Uh, since that they are in the in the pockets. So. So it was a question. I made a test. I see that I can optimize a little bit my vision, even if I see clear, I see well, no problem. Uh, And so I I tried it, and the next test I did it with with it, and uh, finally it was easy to use, no, not disturbing, and more clear from far. So I said, okay. I tried this, and the feeling on the next test was good. So uh, I don't know if it's linked to the glasses or not, but uh, I decided to use to use them. Yeah. But <laughs> well, they worked if, well. I, I took the first one that I found, and uh, which were, were the lightest and the, the smallest. Um, the, the style, I'm not really convinced about it. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe we can change the style, but as long as they work, that's fine. Rally Monte Carlo was was a really special event because, A, it was brand new for the hybrid car and everyone was intrigued to see how the car would run. You had a new co-driver alongside you in Isabel, which we, we all met, and she was charming. I mean, what an event for the both of you together. I know, you know, stepping up to that level for Isabel, even though she'd done so many rallies, was such a big thing for her. And then to win, it's incredible.
1: I think for her, it was really incredible. Uh, she had a lot of, of pressure before the start, uh, but she, she was dreaming about this since uh, 20 years. So uh, this finally happened. Um, she was ready to do anything to, to sit with me in the car. She was even, I think, uh, ready to leave her job. if They don't want to let her go. She she. She was ju- just uh, living her her dream, so um, she gave everything she she could and and at the end uh, she did a great job and we we won the rally so for sure for her it must have been a, an incredible uh, moment she not go- forget about it i think
0: no definitely not so. F- Portugal next you're going I'm not going to keep you too much longer I promise oh. um, I know you're, you're going to test today um, I mean what are the hopes for Portugal it's not a bad road position on the road for you um, but there's so many drivers now popping up we've got Danny Sordo coming back who'll have an even better road position um, OJ is going to be back as well as well as everyone else who's now adapted to the car maybe a bit more over the last two events it's going to yep. be a tough one right?
1: I know, I'm counting to the on the, these guys to to be to beat me uh, in two since two rallies now, but finally I'm still fourth on the championship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Incredible! I, like that, I was expecting to be again uh, back uh, ninth or tenth, uh, or uh, I don't know exactly, but further behind uh, on the road. And now uh, I'm fourth on the road, so for sure will will be tough.
0: It will be tough, and you—you you said that there may be the possibility of more rallies this year. Do you think? Maybe <laughs> that was a shrug. <laughs> that was a shrug of the shoulder for everyone listening. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I know you'd mentioned, you know, rallies that you know you'd been to before that potentially you would like to go back to, like New Zealand, maybe Kenya.
1: Yeah, but- like. New Zealand for sure it's one rally that I would like to go uh, but New Zealand is not possible so we have the answer for this one uh, because I have uh, extremely race the weekend before and the testing for Morocco rally in the week of of uh, New Zealand so for this one you have the answer for the other one
0: okay I- and Kenya <laughs> you don't know, huh?
1: The rest I don't know. Um, we, we, we are still discussing, but New Zealand.
0: You've now crossed your arms, which is really defensive. <laughs> it's like, I'm not telling you anymore. So it's a busy year. You've got WRC Extreme e, more DTM? No. No, no more. That was just a one-off, yeah? Um, more rally raid stuff or cross-country? Uh, that's, a, that's a lot going on in your life right now. Do you have time at home?
1: Yes, yes. The calendar is not too bad. Uh, so I have some busy time and then I have some more free time. Like in summer, I will be quite free. So that's that's one good point. Um, and then uh, again, busy end of the season uh, from September to November. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I have free time. Uh, we'll see at the end of the year how it is, and then I will decide next year what I do, if I do less or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine you doing less, to be honest. You're on a bit of a roll right now. Last few questions for you. When you are at home, Seb, what what do you like to do? How Are you a bit of a gardener? Do you like to cook? Are you a computer game fanatic? Let me into the world of Sebastian Loeb. What do you do?
1: Computer game, I, yeah, uh, computer uh, simulator, racing simulator. Sometimes uh, I have time with uh, my family also, just and, and see my friends and uh, doing some ski in the winter. In the winter, uh, doing um, some boat in the and wakeboard in the summer. Uh, just uh, yeah, taking care of all I have to do. And, and yeah, I built a new house, so that it takes time. And yeah, that's it.
0: Do your do your friends keep your feet on the ground? Certainly, when you were, you know winning all the titles back to back to back, and you were the biggest name in in rallying in motorsport in in motorsport in France. Did your friends keep your feet on the ground back in those days?
1: Yes, but I think. I- even I didn't really need it uh, because I, I I know from where I'm coming from and uh, I I didn't I don't think I, I changed a lot uh, in my way of being uh, so but still I have my same the same fr- the same friends that I had in the past and uh, um, yeah I, uh, I I kept my same way of living with my friends and myself the same relationship with them and. So, yeah, I think that helps me for sure to to stay how I was.
0: I normally ask this question right at the start of the podcast, but we just got straight into it today, so I forgot to ask you. But I ask everyone that I've interviewed this. I've asked Malcolm, Seb Ogier, all the drivers and co-drivers I've done. Try and describe yourself using just three words. What three words would you use to describe you, your personality, who you are? I don't know. <laughs> you can't say I don't know, even though they are three words. <laughs> so, for example, Malcolm used driven, um, passionate. Uh, I just spoke with Martin Vidaga, who used happy, um, meticulous.
1: Passion, yes. The rest at the moment, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: passionate definitely I would if I was to describe you in three words I would say passionate real because you are very down to earth and like you said you haven't changed since you started this and I would definitely say that you're still the same person I met back in 2001 2002 you have no airs and graces you are real passionate real and fast (laughs) can we say that I've picked your words for you. This is not how this works. (laughs) Okay, Seb, thank you so much for chatting with me. I've really enjoyed listening to your story today and I'm looking forward to seeing you more this year in Portugal and others. (laughs) I'm sure they'll become clear soon, but thank you very much for chatting with me. Thank you. Thank you. For more great World Rally Championship content, head to WRC+. its thousands of hours of archive footage and exclusive live programming, event review shows and extensive onboards, Special features too on some of the legends of the sport. This is all available at wrcplus.com, the digital online home of the World Rally Championship.